Hey, what's up, guys? It's Joel. If you guys haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to a very special episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Today we have a fun one set up because we're here to talk about something really interesting. But first, before we do that, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. You can follow me at Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me, as always, I got some guests. First, we got Miami Clutch PE. Say what's up to the people, Clutch. What's up, everybody? Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. Follow me. Follow you right back. And then following him, we have from Five Reasons Sports, and he's also known for being a really good author. Um, Say what's up to the people, Mr. Brian Young. Uh, What's up, everybody? Follow me at at Brian is the King. That's Brian with the Y. Check out my latest horror story uh, series, I Investigate Disturbing Cases, and you can find that by searching up Brian Y97 or just looking up that name. All right. And then following him, we got Miami Sports Junkie. Say what's up to the people, Junkie. What's up, everybody? And then following him, we got our female correspondent, Angelina Martell. Say what's up, Angelina. Yo, what's going on here versus the world? It's Angelina Martell. You can follow me on Twitter at Angie Martell with two E's. Follow me for all your latest Miami Heat updates. And then following her, we got a new guest to the pod. Say what's up to the people, Clark. Let me see if I can say this right. Clark Pition, did I say it right? That is correct. Uh, it's, uh, it's Clark. Uh, you can follow me at, at C-L-A-R-K-P-E-T-I-O-N-305 uh, for off-the-wall, non-popular, but most of the time correct, he takes. <laughs> <laughs> So without further ado, let's get right into it. So I know we did an episode yesterday, but it felt right to come out and do it because it looks like Heat Twitter is basically making a whole debate out of this. And it looks like everyone has their own take for it. So let's talk about Andre Drummond. So to all those who don't know, Scoop B came out and he basically posted a rumor saying that Miami is apparently interested in getting Andre Drummond. Now, I'm sure anyone who's been on Twitter before knows that Scoop B isn't really a reliable source. However, it sparks up the debate on whether or not we should get Drummond or not. So without further ado, let's get right into it. You know, I want a clean fight with y'all. So without further ado, would you or would you not want Andre Drummond? Take the floor. Whoever wants to go first. Uh, Junkie, you the first, or you the only Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond defender? So you, uh, you give your argument, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately, you got to look at this team, right? And we're already about twenty-seven games in. 
you know, I know that obviously everybody's been using the excuse of, you know, the, the COVID and they look at all that. But there's there's been several things plaguing this team that we're all aware of. We've all been screaming about, you know, the four position being such a big hole. Um, and, you know, and ultimately, like, it's showing in the rebounding games. Now, there's one thing that obviously concerns me, and I notice so every time we play a team with, like, a decent center or not so decent center, we continuously get destroyed in the paint. Uh, you know, looking at the examples, you look at Charlotte, you know, Cody Zeller, I think he had about 16, 18 points. Uh, just this recent game, Zubak had a career game. Uh, when we played Brooklyn, DeAndre Jordan, who's a fox of himself, had a good game. You know, Dwight Howard, the, the list goes off. Um, it's just very simple to me that, you know, looking at Bam, he's undersized at the five. It's always been that case. And I feel like a guy like Drummond, you know, in spot minutes, you know, it doesn't have to be like a 30-minute-a-game guy like we needed Whiteside to be. Um he just provides you with rebounding and he provides you with the number one thing for me is being able to switch Bam to the four. And with his recent like arsenal that he's been consistently hitting that jump shot. And I think it could go even further. I just think that this team is going to improve right away. And that's just my take on it. Mm -hmm. All right. So let, let me just say this. Um, I want everybody to go to the nearest computer Go to Google. Look up what year it is. You might be surprised to find out that the year is 2021. It's not 1986. It's not 1974. It's not 1995. Right? This is not. This is. This isn't the year of basketball where we're gonna grab all these like seven foot dudes. <laughs> think they're gonna be Shaq or Hakeem or whatever, and and expect them to take us anywhere. Right? Listen, Drummond is relatively. A really good basketball player, you know, probably one, not even probably, definitely one of the ba best basketball players in the world, right? But when you put him in an NBA context, eh, he's like, he's like, I, right? You know, he, he, he's slightly better Hassan Whiteside, right? I mean, you know, as much as we want to talk about, oh, the defense is trash, and it is, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not, you know, the rebounding is bad. Part of that, part of the rebounding issue is that they play at such a slow pace. There just isn't as many rebounds to get, you know, less shots, less misses, right? Just mathematically, there's going to be less rebounds. And that's not to say that we don't get destroyed by that's an excellent point. your centers. Part of it is because Bam has a switch out on onto the perimeter, right? And he's not inside defending anybody. And that's not really his fault. It's not that he can't do that. It's not that if you put Bam on a Zubat or whatever, he can't defend them well. It's just that we have trash guards, you know, that can't that can't contain their man. So Bam has to be like, I guess I got to do it, and then go out there, right? And then they see the switch and they throw it down because you know they got Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson or Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn or whoever the hell on them, right? And it's an easy bucket every time. Andre Drummond does not solve that issue, right? And you know you got to think about the offensive fit as well. Right, everybody's like, "Oh, well, it's just gonna make Bam shoot threes. No, he's not. He's he's not gonna shoot threes. Smo doesn't want him out there like chucking up ten threes a game. Just because Andre Drummond is there, it doesn't mean that Bam's gonna all of a sudden be like, you know what? I'm gonna start shooting threes now. I didn't do it before, but at, you know what? Drummond's here, so I got it. 
That's just not his game. That's not what Spoh's asking him to do. The Heat could have absolutely signed a center, right? Obviously, that's not what uh, that, that wasn't their game plan. You know, like if they wanted Bam playing at the four, checking up six threes a game, they would have got someone to play next to him at the five so he could do that. But instead, they said, "No, we want Kelly Olynyk at the four. We ideally we wanted Jay or uh, Mo Harkless last year. They had Jay, and it worked really well. Like we can see, we see the blueprint. They got to the finals without a center like Andre Drummond, right? And it worked. You know, but the problem is." that they don't have a reliable four to play next to Bam, that versatile four who can shoot threes and defend on the perimeter. It's not that they're missing a Hassan Whiteside type guy. Like, I just I just don't understand the infatuation with this dude. You know, Andre Drummond in a vacuum is better than Kelly Olenek, but no, just never, never go the Andre Drummond route. You made an excellent point when you said uh, um, less, because we take less field goals than anyone else, right? Um, and so less less field goal attempts, less rebound opportunities. That makes that's like an excellent point. So thirty points for you for that. Um, I am not on the Andre Drummond bandwagon at all. I don't want him. Now I don't want to play the I told you so stuff. But in the off season, I knew that he had issues. Right? Even though yeah, you get to the finals, great. But the thing is. The great G, and I'm, I don't want to say Pat Riley isn't a great GM, but I'm sorry. I'm looking at the past, you know, X amount of years. We drafted well, but everything else, I don't know, right? So when I'm looking at, in regards to addressing the weaknesses the year before, so I'm looking at our issues have always been rebounding and point of attack defense to your point with the guards, right? So I'm looking at the Lakers team, right? They just hoisted a championship trophy, right? And they weren't like, you know what? We won a championship. Let's keep the same formula. No. They went and got the – they traded Danny Green, who no one liked anymore, and a 28th pick second rounder for Schroeder. And they went and got themselves a a six-man of the year and got him to take the mid-level exception. This is a team that literally just won a championship, right? They went and acted as if they were more desperate than the team that lost a championship. The team that lost a championship – needed a Dennis Schroeder, right? They could have used a Dennis Schroeder. And if we offered them uh, um, Igadala and Precious, all I care, we would have had Dennis Schroeder, who's a two-way guy who takes care of that issue. Now, the other issue that we had was rebounding. It always, yes, we made it to the finals. We found a way to help bandwidth rebounding by gang rebounding and everything else. But in reality, the big, if you remember when Boston played against us, when Enos Cancer, that's where I feel like Brad Stevens is super overrated, right? Brad Stevens came, every time he came in a game, he was an automatic offense. He was, he was already playing volleyball by himself, okay? And if I were that coach, I would have just exploited that. But unfortunately, he wants Boston to play ISO, ISO, ISO ball, and it played right into our hands with all of our defenders on the wing. But, anyways, right? Enos Cantor was having a field day. And if you notice centers for like the, um, I forgot who was speaking first, originally was saying that centers have a field day against us. And so how we could have addressed that, I thought the Heat for sure was going to offer a minimum salary to Dwight Howard. I thought I was the first person they were going to call. I honestly thought they would call. If I didn't know Christian Wood would take only $13 million, for God's sakes, because my God, that would have been the best signing because it solves so many issues. It solves scoring and it solves rebounding, right? All, and it solves a stretch all at the same time. 
But for some reason, we're, you know, we're infatuated with this pie-in-the-sky idea about Giannis coming in, which I'll talk about later, right? But whatever. But either way, simple way to address this issue would have been give Dwight Howard veteran minimum. I know I, I'm going to say this name and everybody hates it. Give Hassan Whiteside with, again, you can give Hassan Whiteside a non-guaranteed contract for all I care. Look, dude, you're here. You're going to set screens. We're going to get rebounds. You're going to block shots. And I'm not going to play you every night. I may play you this night. I might not play you the other night. Are you okay with that? Right? And if he hesitates, whatever it is, move on for all I care. Right? Get yourself a Dwayne Deadman, an Alex Len type, whatever. Pay these. To me, centers who rebound and kind of do that role should not be paid what Gobert plays. Like that contract in, in Utah is going to come back to haunt them like I don't know what. Right. But again, for me, there was a very simple way to address that issue without spending a bunch of money. Right. And still keep all of your guys. But instead, we decided to go with this one year and then give, for God's sakes, Myers Leonard $10 million when you could have given Christian Wood three more million. And my God, how much better would we be for that? Right. So now going to Andre Drummond, to be honest, is there a need for Andre Drummond type on this specific team? Yes. Did we make it to the finals last year without Andre Drummond? Yes. But could we have been better with a Andre Drummond type that doesn't necessarily demand the ball for offense? And his only role is to screen, catch rebounds, maybe catch a lob or two, score 10, 11, 12 points, get 10, 11, 12, 15 rebounds every other game, and that's it? Yes, I think there's a hole and a need for that. And so the only reason why – the main reason why I don't want to trade for Andre Drummond is because, well – he is going to require the assets that we have that are expiring that can acquire us a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal. I still have hopes that we might get something like that, right? A Zach Levine, a Bradley Beal, uh, Oladipo, which is my third down on the list option. But again, that's why I don't trade my Iggy's, my Olenix for that guy, because you can save that for the actual number one need for this team, which is a full-time scorer because Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, clearly does not want to play that role. So that's, you know, my thoughts on the whole Andre Drummond thing and the, the heat holes and everything. And uh, I guess I'll let somebody else speak now. <laughs> I know I was long-winded. Right. This Andre Drummond thing. Uh, I was just having such a good day today and I just saw Scooby reporting about it. And I said, my God, we're still listening to Scooby and people get worked over it. To a point where it's mind-boggling. What what are we doing here, right? Andre Drummond, in my opinion, does not make the offense better, as some people suggest. It doesn't make Bam better on offense. It actually limits Bam. Bam can't play inside next to Andre Drummond. He'd be limited to straightforward, top-of-the-key, dribble handoff, and mid-range shooter. His rolls to the rim are all going to be restricted because Andre Drummond is not going to sit in the corner. He's not going to sit in deep mid-range. So I don't know what we're doing there on offense. It does not fit. Andre Drummond cannot at all, at all, at all play with Bam. I don't know why people suggest that because he can't. And on defense, I'm probably going to be one of the few that doesn't like it either. I don't think he fits in the Heat defense because this is not Pat Riley's defense. This is not. It's not where Shaq, where he got to play defense and be a great player. It's not Pat Riley's defense. This is Eric Spolster's defense, which involves a lot of switching. You're going to end up somehow, some way with Andre Drummond defending a guard. 
the way the defense switches, and that is not going to work out. You And you can't expect Eric Spolstra to change up his entire defensive philosophy for a guy like Andre Drummond, who's going to be there for half a year. It, it just does not work like that. I don't understand why people are infatuated with this Andre Drummond idea. Like, he's the second coming of Shaq because he's not. And even if he was, it doesn't fit our philosophy anymore. I... We're basically trading expiring contracts, which are assets. They are expiring contracts are very people want those for a slight. Somebody said it's a slightly better Hassan Whiteside, minus the off-court issues. But dude, it doesn't work. We've seen. I remember seeing Spo try to work out Hassan and Bam together. It did not work out. It did not work out then. It's not going to work now if you limit Bam to just be strictly a mid-range shooter. You're doing Bam a disservice, and you're going to stunt his growth on the offensive side, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'll say one more thing, super quick. Agreed. But for me, I would think that instead of trading Kelly Olenek and Igadala for Drummond, wouldn't you prefer – again, it's not even about playing Hassan and Bam together. Because Hassan can come off the bench, or uh, uh, Dwight Howard can come off the bench. Why not send a second-round pick, Philadelphia second-round pick that we have, back to Philly for Dwight Howard? Why not send and, – and if they want, add Chris Silver for all I care. Why not send Sacramento a second-round pick, okay, for Hassan Whiteside? Right? We clearly have the money for it. We have extra money laying around. And again, to specifically play only those teams that have those type of centers. Right? When we're playing a Rudy Gobert, that's when you bring Hassan Whiteside in. When we're playing Vucevic or you know quick agile or stretch fives and everything, yeah, sit them down. Who cares? You know, you're, and you can still keep your team intact. And in, in my opinion, fill a need while not ruining chemistry. I don't think you have to play Bam and Hassan Whiteside together. You know what I mean? And and to be honest. Let's say you do play Bam and Whiteside together. You have a good point. They didn't play together then. What Bam is doing now is not what he was doing then. If Bam is taking mid-range jumpers and trying to become a mid-range jumper guy like a Kevin Garnett type, maybe, again, maybe a Hassan Whiteside who plays, again, it's easier said than done, who plays his role or Dwight Howard who plays his role that's just, I'm just here to set screens, block shots, grab boards, and get second-chance points can allow Bam to waste more of his energy on getting his numbers up. That's a that's that's a possibility. I don't want Drummond. I think, yeah, I don't want Drummond. I think there's also I also think there's there's something that you know that you know everybody's not taken away from this conversation with Drummond. Number one, why as a Heat fan would I be attracted to Drummond? Well there's one reason, right? He's available. So I think a lot of Heat fans always discuss players yep. like that aren't available, you know, and like as an example, we've all had the debate about John Collins this week. Well, John Collins, you know, ultimately they won a lottery pick for him. And we obviously know the Heat probably aren't going to move Hero. They weren't even interested in moving him for for Harden. So let's just look at that option, right? And then here's the other thing. Like, when you look at a guy like Drummond, I don't look at it so much as you know, he's going to be our starting five. I Exactly what Clark was saying. 
it's just in like spot positions. Like when the other team has, you know, Joel Embiid or they have, you know, uh, Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gobert, you know, uh, you know, the Lakers had three centers last year. They had McGee, and, uh, essentially, I know Anthony Davis is a four, but they had Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. And this year they got two more big guys, even though they lost, obviously, Dwight Howard. So what I'm looking at is kind of like having a guy that you could just throw in there when the other team is big. It's not necessarily like, oh, you know, I, I'm going to max out Andre Drummond after this season. And once again, it's an availability thing. The guy's available. Like, I always look at what's available and for cheap because you guys, you know, the, the team obviously doesn't want to give up any of its core players, any of its young assets. So you got to kind of understand the marketplace and be like, okay, you got to pick from what's available ultimately. Question, you know, why, so, why you, would Drummond going into free agency want to be on a team where he's just playing spot minutes and not starting? Precisely. Agreed. I mean, I, he's going to be upset. Yeah. yeah if, anything, if, I'm Drummond, if I'm Drummond, okay, if he gets bought out, he'd be an idiot to come down here. Go to Brooklyn, go to the Clippers, go to L.A. Uh, go, 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 to, go to the Lakers, right? Why come down here, right? In my opinion, because at this point of your career, a championship or playing in the finals can actually get you more money going into free agency than what the Heat look like currently right now. But that's that's another thing. Yeah, I mean, unless he's unless he's starting and like unless the Heat are telling him you're going to play 30 minutes and put up monster numbers, and then when you go into free agency, you'll be able to sell that to teams. Like, I just don't see how he would be happy, you know, being being precious, basically. Right, and we're talking we're talking about spot minutes for him. But if we're training our starting four, he's not he's not good. Kelly Olynyk is not good, but ne- ne- nevertheless, he's our starting four. A rotation player, if we're talking about by any chance Iguodala, or if you go with Myers because he's he's in a wink wink kind of deal where he'll waive that no trade thing. But let's say it's Iggy and Kelly because they match, right? You're trading for that. You're trading those people away, a rotation player and a starter, to get a starter back. You're not you're not going to do that. If like for example, Clark talked about Whiteside which I hate, but whatever, that's a different conversation. Whiteside or Dwight Howard, that's a different thing because you're not giving up these guys that you're not giving up a, a starter in a rotation piece. Then you could you could put Dwight Howard in spot minutes. You can put Whiteside in spot minutes. But Drummond is different because you're just giving up a, your rotation. So he has to be a starter at that point, doesn't he? He does, but that's why I was telling you. you okay, question. Do you guys think, as much as we hate, we think Hassan Whiteside is lazy and maybe Dwight Howard is not himself. We saw what he did in the finals in the playoffs for the Lakers. I mean, my God, Chazelle McGee had a role, for God's sakes, right? So, again, think if we really want to think about it, do we? can we honestly say that Hassan Whiteside can't come in here in 18 to about 22 minutes, score eight, because you don't need that much, because, my God, again, Kelly Olenek, five points, four rebounds, right? Okay, Um in 18 to 22 minutes, Dwight Howard uh, or Hassan Whiteside can't give you 8 to 12 points and 10 to 13 rebounds and two blocks. You right, think it's impossible? Here you're talking about the player. That's that's the player, sure. But 
he's not coming back here. We know this. The relationship is fractured. No, no. <laughs> White not side happy. will never be where... The relationship with Spo was bad. Red and black right. for the heat again. I'm talking about, okay, I'm just talking about that type of player. Like, okay, yeah. Let's switch it to Dwight Howard, for example, right? Okay, Dwight Howard. Dwight, okay, do you think Dwight Howard can come here, play 18 to 22 minutes a game, and give us double-doubles with a couple blocks? Yes, I like okay. it. Okay, so that so so here's my take. All right, so then we're talking about Dwight Howard. We're talking about Whiteside. So let's say the Heat don't trade for him because what to your guys' point, they don't want to trade rotational players. Let's say he gets bought out, which everybody seems to think that's the most likely scenario. If you could get him on a buyout, does the conversation change for any of you? Well, again, it goes back to what I said earlier about why why would he do that going into free agency? It's not Unless he's promised it's, a starting spot. Yeah, it's a stupid well, business move. He's, well, for stupid. him, okay, so here's the thing. For, if he's bought out, like, dude, if Blake Griffin and him are bought out, they want to come here, I mean, whatever, like, sure. It's going to cost me peanuts to pay you, or to play you? Cool, fine, right? Maybe Blake Griffin is kind of like, look what Nicholas Batum is doing for the Clippers. All of a sudden, right. he's like seven years younger. Right. Okay. So maybe all of a sudden that happens. Right. So I'll take both for all I care. For but my whole thing is, I don't mind having any one of the three, whether it's Whiteside. I don't want to say Whiteside anymore because you guys made a good point. He's not coming back here. Dwight Howard or Andre Drummond to me for the need that I'm looking for. Same thing. I just don't want to give up those assets because here's the thing: what if Vucevic? Like you know how trades go, right? They come out of nowhere and things that involve the Heat. We never see it coming, right? What if out of nowhere, Vucevic um, um, just wants to get out of Orlando and wants to go on a winning team? Now, the dope, the, what I'm telling you, there are assets that make 26 to like 34 million, right? That's who I want Iguodala and Bowen for. I want those two there and my pick or two for those assets, for the Levines, for the Vuceviches, for the, uh, uh, what's the name, Beals, and so on and so forth. Do you, get, do you get my point is? That's what I want to use them for. I don't want to use that for Andre Drummond, who, man, is he even going to resign? And let's say we get him, right? Are we positive he even resigns here? Because then it's all for nothing, right? I, I wouldn't even, even I don't want him here, let alone to want to resign. You get, you get what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like it, the conversation is way different if Andre Drummond gets bought out and he's like, you all come to Miami and play 15 minutes a game, you know, and just catch lobs and play defense. Then sure, then he's just you know super precious, like whatever. I just don't think that that's realistic at all. So and same with I guess Blake Griffin has a higher ceiling in terms of he... playing more minutes and, and being more effective. So you know Blake Griffin is a guy that I would definitely want him to buy out, but I'm not trading anything for him. His contract. No, I think I think the Blake Griffin Agreed. thing. You know, everybody keeps saying LA, but if you guys want to talk about, I mean, obviously we, he looks done. But I also think it's a situation thing as well over there. You know, okay. I think the Blake Griffin would heavily consider Miami because of the playing time. Because Miami could essentially offer him a starting four spot. Right. So Blake Griffin is a kind of player that maybe might not be looking just to contend, but he's looking for a career resurgence, and that could work hey. for Miami. Hey, he's half Haitian, and I'm Haitian. Like not here, <laughs> makes sense. So hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but if we're talking about buying out Andre Drummond and guys like that, yeah, why in why in the world would a buyout player want to come to Miami? Let's be honest, we stink. Why do they want to come? Well, again, I can. So Drummond, if he gets bought out, how is 
again, DeAndre Jordan is starting in New York, right? Or, or Brooklyn, right? How do you buy, how do you go past New York? Because Andre Drummond has been a complete losing record player since I don't know when. Now you literally get basically barring injuries. And obviously, actually, Brooklyn can afford one and maybe even two injuries and still make it to the finals, to be honest with you, right? So <laughs> I'm just saying, why would you not go to Brooklyn, right? If, you know, if we, the, the, the Lakers right now are down, um, what's his name, uh, Anthony Davis for a month, month and a half, maybe two, right? Why would you not go play for the Lakers, right? Who was the starting center for the Clippers? Zubak, I think, right? And, and who, by the way, had a career, uh, once again, another career big night for a big against us, right? You choose Miami over them? I just don't get how that makes any sense, in my opinion. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, especially um, for the role. Yeah, it, it doesn't make Yeah, the problem there is Heat fans want to pretend like we're doing them a favor because we're the Miami Heat and we're awesome. And this season, we're just not. We're not good. We're not awesome. We're a so, conceited fan base. Right. It's, it makes sense. We, we can't be that conceited. We can't be that that weird about it saying that, yeah, of course they want to be in Miami. It's Miami. No, no, we're not contenders anymore. And when you say conceited, I feel like that really has a part to play. Like, we're so scared to let go of Hero and Robinson. Like, we're literally, like, there's some, like, with the Harden trade, like, so many people didn't want to go through with that trade specifically of the fact because we would have lost Hero and Robinson. Harden's like, fat. Harden's a superstar <laughs> in the making, and then Hero's only in his second year. He had, he peaked too early, in my opinion. Robinson's mainly good for shooting threes. He's a liability on defense. So Hero's also pretty much a liability on defense. So if you think about it, like, you could have gained one, like, superior player for two they're not average, but they're like they're getting up there. So they have a lot more potential to build in a lot more like, like I don't know the word for it. Like they're they're just up and coming, so they have a lot more time to grow and just improve on some stuff. And about the whole Andre Drummond thing, I really don't have an opinion on it because I don't follow the Cavs as religiously as I follow the Heat. But whenever I do happen to just watch him play, I notice he's a good like rebounder he gets the ball and he's a good defender but at this point with Miami I feel like they just mainly need to focus on like getting good defenders as well as great offensive players but as how it goes with me is just as long as we can get somebody who's gonna make our team better and just help us grow instead of like not grow and I'm fine with really anybody who has something positive to contribute. And I know a lot of players like, like Blake Griffin, um, Victor Oladipo, um, Collins, like, of course they all have something to contribute, but as long as like, we're, as long as we reach our ultimate goal, I feel like that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. The the second Andre Drummond is putting up 16 footers and breaking them. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to be like, ah, yeah, this dude doesn't help the team. You talking about, are you talking about free throws or are you talking about jumpers? I'm talking about <laughs> jump shots, yeah. You shoot 33% on those, on those 10 to 16 shots. <laughs> I, mean, oh, oh, I mean, overall, guys, like, you know, looking at this team this year, like, okay, I, a lot of you guys are saying, oh, we should have possibly, you know, not be looking. To... You muted yourself there. Like, we should, I just I feel like they just need to make a move. Sorry, I got cut off. They need to make a move and kind of, like, just shake up this team a little bit. You know, I feel like last year we had a really good run, and I don't think it's not there anymore. You know, Bam is actually playing somewhat similar to what he did in the playoffs. 
Jimmy's playing outstanding. So I just think that, you know, that whole thing about Miami not being as attractive as they once were because of their record. I mean, uh, Milwaukee's lost four games in a row. Boston just had a losing streak. You know, Miami's just, they're having a rough start. But uh, it's not to say there's not a couple players thinking like, yeah, they just need a couple changes and they could be back in playoff contention. And back in the final games is, just, you know? is a lot more than just a rough start. It's 27 yeah. games. But if you really think about it, there's only four teams in the East that are above 500. And then the Pacers are Wait, equal. They're 14 but, and 14. But, but you, now, mentioned see, the, you mentioned the Celtics. You mentioned the Bucks, and yeah, you weren't able to take advantage of their losing streaks. Here's so, the thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I, look, I I'm pretty probably older than most people are in here, but I I've been watching the Heat for a very long time, and that defeatist at the, the 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 well. At least everybody else is is is. Um, you know, there's only four teams, you know, uh, um, above 500 in the East. For me, I'm like, so what? We were in the finals. We should be at worst the second. We have the second worst, uh, best record in, in the East. That's where we should be. We we beat all those teams ahead of us. So for me, how I'm looking at it is again, look again, look at the Lakers. The Lakers hoisted the trophy and went out and did two of the biggest moves in the offseason. Got the sixth man of the year. And an 18, 19 point per game, two way point of attack, create his own shot, point guard, for to make it even easier for LeBron. Right? This is what a team that just won a trophy did. Right? Versus what do we do? We let Jay Crowder walk. We sign Avery Bradley because we let Jay Crowder walk. Right? And then we sign Leonard. So in regards to the team and 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 you know where we are and our record and everything else, here's the thing: we're two and nine or two and ten against teams over five hundred. That's 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 our record. We're dead last in you know field goal attempts. We we have some of the worst offensive efficiency numbers across the league. Yeah, defense is good. What does that tell me? Yeah, we don't have offense. We don't have people to put the ball in net, and we have significant and of course rebounding last again, right? And so. Uh, um, with, with that said, there are real issues there. I don't want to to determine my success based on how poorly other teams are doing. That's a, a very, you know, New York Knicks way of viewing things. And for, right. for, I'm, I'm, I'm a Heat fan. I know. I, I all I know is banners. Like I, all I know, Pat Riley is there's winning, there's misery. That's it. Like if, if you're if you're not winning, you're miserable. Do whatever it takes to win now, you know, and that's how I'm viewing it. And that's, and that's why I'm aggressive. Whenever you see me in the group chat, I'm always posting trades because, look, I don't have to, look, we don't have time to develop young players. Jimmy Butler didn't come here for Tyler Hero's development. I'm sorry. Jimmy Butler didn't come here for Kendrick Nunn's development. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the problem. And you got to look at these guys. They're going to be free agents. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson. You know, and I'm thinking, I'm like, right now, if we don't consider moving one of them or both of them, you're going to lose them for nothing in the offseason. Because if this team ends up being a first-round exit, which is what they're playing like right now, are you really going to pay Duncan Robinson 18 to $20 million? I don't think so. Round? No, absolutely not. It's like, and and again, like you know, a lot of people think he's going to get paid eighteen, eighteen, twenty. I'm hoping it's less. Even if it's less, I still don't really care. Look, look, look at what Wayne Ellison is doing. 
Would I rather pay Wayne Ellington two and a half million dollars or whatever it is minimum a year to do it? Um, uh, um, what's it called? Duncan Robinson is doing. Kyle Corver is unemployed, right? Would I rather pay Kyle Corver? I might have multiple. I'm not saying they're Duncan Robinson, but man, they're a lot. They, they, they're not. They're they're not exactly crappy shooters. Now yeah. I, I have a theory as to why Duncan Robinson isn't doing as great as it was last year. Well, the jig is up. Podcast. Hello? Oh, <laughs> I yeah. said a stupid yeah. podcast. Yeah. The you know, the, the, the jig is up. Uh everyone knows what the heat runs. It's gonna be the the heat's offense is basically dribble hands off to, to, to um to Duncan Robinson. There's no other offense on the team. You don't really exactly. run they don't run anything anything else. That's the offense. And so with that said, a player like Duncan Robinson, the difference between him and Joe Harris is that Duncan Robinson for him to excel he can't be the number one scout um, um, thing that the other teams scout. You need a primary full-time exactly. aggressive scorer that allows Duncan Robinson to be Duncan Robinson. And you don't have that right now. Jimmy Butler can do 30 and 11. But we, again, we've seen a difference. When Jimmy Butler scores 30 versus when there's a Beal or a, or a, a Levine or et cetera scores 30, we see the difference, right? There's a huge difference in those 30 points, right? There's still 30 points. Right. They're, it's, not, it's not an easy 30. Like, mm-hmm. like Jimmy, I mean, like these other guys do. Jimmy has to claw his way for those 30 by going, getting hit every time he goes to the, to the paint and going to the free throw line. Every time they're Hello? not easy. Yeah, hi. Oh, sorry, I got cut off there. I muted myself. Continue. I'm sorry. Uh, the the yeah, problem with... with with Duncan as well is just you know, I remember you know the like okay you had a value as an NBA player if you were a three and D type of guy right so if you were a three point shooter and a defender, but Duncan is literally just a three point shooter like that's his only specialty. You can't so if be he's not excelling at that and be a liability on defense. It doesn't work like that. And he needs to find a more wide variety than just shooting threes all the time. Like, he needs to learn how to drive it to the paint, you know, get the occasional field goal, like, in, like, the, within the I ring. I don't think so. it's his fault, though. I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's by design. I think clearly right. Eric Postra tells players what to do. Precious can do a lot more than he's doing right now. Do you not, do you not all see He's limiting he's... himself. When do you see him shoot threes? You don't. What, what, what do you mean? Okay, oh, I, I don't think he's Precious. And look, another thing. Can, remember when we recruited Bam and we're, first when he got drafted, like, who is this guy? And you heard, oh, he hit 40 out of 100 threes. Like, oh, okay. Bam doesn't attempt threes unless the time is winding out. And and when it's winding down, he makes them. Mm-hmm. Right? Why is Bam not taking three threes a game? Why, whenever Bam is at the top of the key, he's just looking to hand it off to someone else? Right? Why? Well, we ba- we'd rather have Kelly Olenek go two for eight every game, which is the most retarded thing in the world. Hey. I don't understand. Everybody... You know what his problem is? He shoots Curry it's, range threes with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Like, he doesn't He doesn't think it out. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to take this chance, even though, like, there's other people open. Like, I guess he just thinks, like... I don't even know what his I, mindset I is in that moment. You, I don't even think it's the play. I think it's what Eric's supposed to... The only guy I can, I'm telling you right now... That basically does what he wants to do. The only guys I would say would be a Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and um, what's his name, Jimmy Butler. Everyone else, if you look at their game, like they 
Bam is super. I mean, outside of Jimmy Butler, who's hesitant too. Bam will have a guy five feet off of him. He just made three jumpers in a row from the same spot. That same guy will give him five feet of space, and he won't take the jumper. Waiting to hand it off. And I'm like, what are you doing? Take the shot. Right? They're overpassing every every single game. And you notice that. That's why the turnovers are high. They overpass way too much. And again, Jimmy Butler, great facilitator. Got it. We're good. But again, sometimes, dude, take that layup. Sometimes, dude, when Bam says you that screen, just pop and just pull up a jumper. Like, it's okay. Take the shot. You know, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to miss. It just just seems like everyone on this team has specific roles, right? And Spo wants them to to, to just do that. Again, Precious, I remember seeing um, footage on in college, the guy was actually shooting threes, way more so than Bam was. But Bam was advertised to be able to, you know, oh, eventually he's going to be hitting threes soon. We see what happened. Bam is hitting jumpers with hands in his face. But then when there's no hands in his face, he's not taking the jumper. This is like some conspiracy type yeah. stuff with like, Spoh. Spoh. what if Spoh's like telling them behind the scenes like, oh, you can't do this though. Like that's, isn't that basically what you're saying? Like they feel like, like they're obligated to like follow Spoh's order. This is like a conspiracy type thing. No, like it's all making sense now. It, uh, but the thing is, look, I've been, look, I've been watching Spoh coach for quite some time and I'm going to say a name that everyone's going to hate, right? Okay. And please forgive me. Just bear with me, right? Everyone remembers Michael Beast, right? Michael Beasley, mm. wait, 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 relax, relax. <laughs> Michael Beasley was drafted number two overall to do what? To score. That's what he was drafted for, right? He wasn't drafted to play defense. He wasn't drafted to be Udonis Haslam. He wasn't drafted to be a three and D guy. He was drafted to score. That's what he did in college. He scored. That's it. He was basically Carmelo Anthony, right? What did they bring him in here to do? They wanted him to be Udonis Haslam. And that was not what he wanted to do. And anytime time made a mistake, they benched him. Anytime he tried, he was a rookie. I remember watching that. If he traveled, if he made a mistake, Tyler Hero makes a bunch of mistakes, right? But he's allowed to fail a bunch of times, right? But again, if we, they benched him. And sometimes some players, now that's this is where it comes to Beasley's fault. You have to be mental, t- they have more mental toughness than that and be able to kind of like work through your, and, and get better and not pout every time the coach bench you. But I'm telling you, if you look, just the next game we play, I don't know if there's a game tonight or not, I'm not sure, right? The next game we play, watch Bam. You're going to look at the Brooklyn Nets Bam when, he's, when he scored 40 points, right? And you see the potential there. You see the star ability there. And then watch this guy have a guy 10 feet away from him and him jab-stepping absolutely nobody. Mark, actually, actually, if you notice, I noticed last game something happened. And I was like, oh, my God. Precious had, like, two or three drives where he just, like, ran up, did a fadeaway, stole the ball, dunked it. Like, I feel like for that couple minutes, Precious was like, you know what? Forget you, Spall. I'm going to do what I do. And he just started Uh, shooting. I was like, damn. Look at Precious go. That was a product. I don't know if you heard, but that was a product of Jimmy just yelling at him. Jimmy told him, be aggressive. Shoot the ball. You remember what? it was on the first on his first basket on the fadeaway uh, yeah. shot in the paint. Jimmy said, yeah. "Shoot the shit." Okay, well that's good, but I'll say this: Jimmy should also look in the mirror, right? Even though he scored thirty points the last game and everything else, but we know the the Jimmy Butler we're accustomed to is typically, you know, is typically I'm not saying all the time, not as aggressive as he should, 
right? Jimmy will have a wide open three and not take it. Jimmy will have a wide open two and not take it. We've all seen this, right? So well, Jimmy so, should be going to the free throw line 15 times a game. I mean, he has the ability to draw fouls. He I think does, that's though, what uh, Agreed. He also has the ability to make mid-range jumpers. That's what his career was made of. But for some reason, he doesn't take them as much here. Like sometimes when you see Jimmy Butler taking a mid-range jumper, tell me it doesn't surprise you. Tell me. When you see him yeah, pull up, it it's why should it surprise you? Like that's his game. But for some reason, it's like there's always this like um, I forgot who said it, but a lot of overpassing and a lot of second guessing and and just just all this like rah rah teamwork stuff, which I get it. But the thing is, dude, the elite teams in the league all have ballers who just put the ball in the basket. All of them, every single one of them who are contending for championship right now have not won. Like it goes. It goes down to exactly what I was saying, like the overpassing. And for some reason, you know, I know we're not allowed to say anything about Spo, but I'm going to say my criticism because I'm a fan. We're always trying to get open shots for Duncan and for Kelly Olynyk. Notice that next game as well. We're always trying to get them open shots. And that does not, it baffles me. I mean, Duncan, you even get it. But Olynyk shooting eight to nine threes a game should not be happening. I'm sorry. I just don't but agree with there, it. There's no reason why Kelly Olynyk should be involved in dribble handoffs. Right? The only player on the team that should be involved in dribble handoffs is Duncan Robinson. And it would be awesome because uh, of what you said, Clark, about uh, Bam having 10 feet of space sometimes and just doesn't even look at the rim. He may, what if he adds a, What if he adds another level to that dribble handoff? Fakes the handoff, and as soon as he fakes the handoff, you see that's when he has 10 feet of space. Take the jumper. Take one step forward, boom, jumper. But he doesn't do that. He waits for Duncan to come back, fakes again, hands it off to Jimmy. Jimmy drives, and you know the same old stuff we keep on seeing. I think the biggest way to fix this team is what we're saying. Like We just... We gotta get a couple of years and turn it into a, a viable and useful player. You know, I just keep arguing that. I think that if we wait till March twenty fifth, it's gonna be too late. It's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm with you on that. You know, but you know, just um. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, I'm just super. Just overall frustrated with with everything since you know because. I was really excited. Clark, you there? You're muted. It's obvious. And the one of the main reasons because how many teams? Because definitely we overachieve. We can all agree on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how many teams overachieve and have this many young assets? That are developing because I know everybody like basically you know was thing none is done none is trash but I I'm a person I don't think you're at your worst or at your best I think you're somewhere in the middle and none average wise for a rookie what he did um, he did pretty freaking well especially the last game he played before the COVID pandemic thing right so so um, and sorry for all the noise in my phone is making so uh, um, with with that said I was really excited for this offseason why. 
we had rookies that were developed. We had Tyler Hero. We had young players, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. Bam's getting better, right? We had... You're muted again. Yeah, we had money to spend on top of that, right? So we literally, like, it, it was basically our summer. And I felt like we could have made a pre-splash. And what we did is get be act like conceited heat fans in a sense the, the the front office acted like oh we're good we don't have to improve the team and oh and Giannis is just going to come here right because it's south florida and and it's south, listen in case you haven't noticed by now 2011 that summer or 2010 i should say will never happen again why won't it happen again well here's why if you remember the collective bargaining agreement where they basically made it almost like, you have to be an idiot if you're a free agent to not take your team's money. That, that extra, you know, I don't know how many how much extra it is. Exactly, I don't have the numbers next to me. Like $58 million. There you go, right? And so why did Bradley Beal take his money? I don't think Bradley Beal's going to end up, he's going to be in Washington forever, even though he's being an idiot right now, right? I don't think he's going to be there forever. But why did Giannis take his money? I don't think Giannis is going to end up in Milwaukee forever. I don't think Milwaukee gets to the finals this year, and I think Giannis asked for a trade the following year. And I think Budenholzer gets fired, in my opinion. Budenholzer should have been fired last season, but that's in my opinion, right? So, so um, uh, um, it, it, they, they made these rules so that these guys signed their contracts. How did Brooklyn acquire the big three? Well, they acquired it, because really they got a big two. And the big two already had a preconceived notion that they were going to play there anyway. And I, if I'm mistaken, Kyrie, uh, did Kyrie and, Kyrie and, um, uh, um, Durant, Kyrie joined KD. the year before. K, sorry, KD, Kyrie was on the team the year before, right? No, KD. they joined the same year. So, no, okay. Was he? Oh, yeah, they did join the same year and KD was up, yeah. So this yeah, was this KD, KD joins. I think they signed Kyrie straight up, and then KD so joined on a sign and trade there for uh, D'Angelo okay. Russell. There you go. So, which proves my point even more. If you want a star in this league, you trade for them. That's typically what happens. How did Harden end up making a big three in New Jersey? They tra- or New Jersey, Brooklyn. They traded for him, right? How did uh, LeBron end up getting his Anthony Davis? He traded. Anthony Davis had his money. He traded for it, okay? In order to get that other star, you have to trade for him. So for me, the whole Giannis was going to choose um, South Florida and just like super max guy and just, just eh, who cares about the $58 million? No, dude. You know what, Giannis? If you want to come here, we'll trade for you. Just, just ask, kindly ask for a trade. We have the assets to trade for you. We'll trade for you. But to, 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 to hold your franchise hostage, right? For one for the hopes of one player. Okay? For just not no guarantees for the hopes of one player. You had the Christian. Look, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna play Monday morning quarterback. Gallinari should have been our starting four. Christian Wood should have been our starting five. Okay? Bogdanovich could have been our starting four. Okay? We there there were there were uh, um, players out there that we should have signed. We should have signed Jay Crowder to a three year deal. We should have. What are we signing one year deals for? If you really you, you, you know what's the most concerning thing and you know, I don't know I get a lot of 
Um, Zuki, uh, your connection's kind of low right now. This isn't the first decisions. I mean, if you look at the last... Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't hear anything you said before. You sounded super slow. Try now. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. How about now? Yeah, now. Yeah. What I was gonna say is like they they say that um, you know, essentially what happened this year with the whole Giannis thing, you know, it happened in twenty sixteen with KD, you know, where Pat Riley held the whole team hostage. You know, essentially that's the year I think Wade left. And we ended up signing Whiteside. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the same year. And then after that, we ended up having the same situation with Gordon Hayward when he ended up selecting Boston. And then we re-signed the 30-11 guys. And now this year was with Giannis. And now you're looking at 21 free agency where you only have Kawhi Leonard. And I don't think he's leaving the Clippers. He's probably going to sign a five-year re-up just like Paul George. So that's where you got to think of, like, all these decisions were made on, okay, 2021, 2021, yeah. that's the main goal. And but for it's who? Let's say, look, look, in 2010, I remember it very well. It was LeBron, Bosch, Wade wasn't going anywhere. At the time, uh, Carlos Boozer, who was a really good player at the time, uh, Amari Stoudemire, um, uh, uh, Rudy Gay, who was like a 20-point Per game guy in his sleep, and um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Johnson, I think is, is his name Andre Johnson. I forgot his name. Um, Joe Johnson, right? And Melo too, right? That year? Or no? No, no, Melo, no, no. Melo took his money, right? Those are the guys who were literally free agents just walking around, like free. Joe Johnson, Rudy Gay, a, 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 a Boozer, Stoudemire, Bosch. So, for example, let's say LeBron decided to re-sign with 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 the um, with uh, Cleveland we would have just signed Joe Johnson and still probably would have gone to the finals, right? If, if, if um, let's say, Boss would have re-signed with um, Toronto, we would have had LeBron and, Andre, and uh, what's his name? And Stoddard, whatever. Th- that is like, okay, I get it. I'm looking at the summer. Go, when you get a chance, go to your computer, go look at free agents of 2021 and ask me, what again? What are we doing this for again? Who's the Martin Rose and Victor Oladipo. Say it again? Yeah. Mar DeRozan, Victor Oladipo. I mean, hey, championship. Right? <laughs> Hashtag championship. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like you, you, you literally sacrifice your future because you're so arrogant thinking that you're going to get Giannis. And yeah, the, again, yeah, go ahead. The Heat have this outdated notion that free yes. agency still works for the big for the big free agents. Yes. There has been a big free agent to reach free agency in a long time because of the Supermax. If oh, Supermax was around for when LeBron was was a free agent, he may have stayed in Cleveland for a long time. So, who knows? But remember, the LeBron was a sign and trade. Chris Bosh yeah. was a sign and trade. So, yeah. So, so technically speaking, if you want, because they wanted their money, they wanted that you know that that option, if you will, right? And we end up getting a bunch of picks for it. So technically speaking, we went after Gordon Hayward. How did that work out for us? We went after Kevin Durant. How'd that work out for us? Right? At some point, you have to kind of learn your lesson. Because I'm telling you, and I don't, and, and I am going to pay money more than 20, right? There should have been no reason why the Lakers were more desperate to get Schroeder than the Heat were. None. Point, point, point intended. None. 
right? Uh, pun, pun intended, right? So for me, you get imagine you get a shoulder for Andre Iguodala, okay, and Precious, right? With whatever pick that was, right? Done. So that's your point guard, right? You still have Tyler Hero, right? You still have Duncan Robinson. You still have Jimmy Butler, right? You still have Bam Adebayo. And then Christian Wood is available. Now you Christian Wood. Now, in my opinion, it would be Schroeder, Butler, Duncan, Bam, uh, Christian Wood, and Tyree who playing the exact same spot. Imagine what that team would look like and what our record would be right now. Crazy. Just imagine. Yeah, you're right. I, I, and, and was it that hard? And we'd still have and money. And you, you know, like, the craziest, like, and I've, I've said... Hello. I think the yeah. I think the craziest thing is uh, Pat Riley when he said in the off season he was like, "Oh, you know, we have to run it back because obviously we believe that the chemistry that the team had, you know, coming off that's going to give us a strong start." And it's completely the opposite. Strong start looks like, yeah. and now it's like almost like we're not even like I feel like he almost needs to address. Like the media, you know, and be like, hey, you know, we're working on, you know, on getting the team better or something. Because what exactly what he said is exactly what's not happening right now, you know? I I sent a tweet out not too long ago. I'm trying to find it. I'm just imagining. And, you know, for me, I think Eric Spostra, right? is, you know, as much as I can criticize him, I know that he is is, is appreciated for the amount of work he has to do. Because I'm looking at um, a guy like Brad Stevens, right? And um, I'm I'm trying to find this tweet here. Brad Stevens, okay, uh, where is he here? Okay, found it. Okay, Brad Stevens, right? This guy has had Avery Bradley as a as a defensive player first team. Mark, I'm just telling you the name list of players this guy has had, right? And the job Danny Ainge has done equipping his team, which lets me know that that's the coach, right? Just just for just 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 to make sure you understand, last year the Boston Celtics had Kemba Walker, who on the Miami Heat would average 25 points easily, right? Jason Tatum who is averaging 27 or 28, Jalen Brown, who is averaging 27 or 28, and Gordon Hayward, who I think right now is averaging 25 on his own team. Gordon Hayward as a fourth option on that team was scoring, I think, 18 or 19 points a game at 50% from the field and 47% from three. That's a fourth option, and he still had Marcus Smart. This guy, Danny Ainge, lost Gordon Hayward. What did he do? What was a weakness Boston have? They didn't really have like a playmaker guy and they didn't really have like a good rebounding center. What did this guy do? He went and got Tristan Thompson and he went and got Jeff T. Now, is Jeff T old? Is he so? No, but again, just the role, just the fact that he is addressing those issues, right? Brad Stevens has had so much talent on his roster. If I I could freaking find this, this, this tweet, you'd be, if I list the names, your, your draw would drop, right? And I'm looking at the guys Eric Spoelstra has to play with, okay? I'm talking about Gabe Vincent, 
Oh, Terry Rosier, by the way, is another one. Terry Rosier is another one, right? Uh, um, Gabe Vincent. Why isn't Casey Akpala getting more minutes? Max Struess. These are guys who, like, on teams that meet, like, aren't getting any minutes. They aren't. And the and again, and, and out of the stars, go look at the Bostons, the the Seventy Sixers, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers, the any team that has a shot at making the finals. And go look. Every single one of those teams has a dynamic scorer that can get them 20, 30, 40 in their sleep. And every one of them. Right, even even the Utah Jazz do. They have Jordan look what Jordan Clarkson did. On a given it, night, he can just go. Exactly. Right? On their bench, by the way. That's a bench yeah, six man. That's a six man, right? We don't have like if Jordan, the closest thing we have to Jordan Clarkson, and again, Jordan Clarkson is more polished, would be a Tyler Hero, right? But either way, yeah. is Jordan Clarkson even can like in, 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 in the um, importance, level of importance for Utah? What number is he? Yet how important is Tyler Hero for us? And he's twenty twenty Right. And, you know, overall, we just got to see what happens next with this team. And, you know, I don't, you know, I really don't know if Andre Drummond is the answer. But, you know, we'll see what Pat Riley and his organization decides. Anyways, I feel like we hit on a lot in today's episode. So I feel like it's time to wrap it up. So anyways, thank you all to tuning for tuning into this episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you again with a brand new episode very soon. Thank you for listening to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode.